What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. My name is Jason Hartwell from JK Blades, and I have no Bubba again, but I do have Old Faithful. Um, he Old go- Faithful, yeah. right here. He I'll go- take that. Goes by Hell a yeah. few different names, though. Uh, Old Faithful, Brian, B Cone, Doctor Brian, and now we got the Sharp Santa Claus. Sharp Santa Claus. So I don't know if that one. I don't know how I feel about that one quite yet, but oh, we'll see if it sticks. It's sticking, dude, because that cracked me right up. I was, <laughs> I was working on some stuff this morning and had my earbuds in and uh, listening to you guys' show. And as soon as I heard that, dude, I literally laughed out loud. I was like, that, that is perfect. Like, that just fits. So, And if you all want to laugh out loud, go ahead and go over to the Work For It podcast right here on Spotify or wherever else. No, I can't do that on your show, man. Sorry. One minute and six seconds in, you're already. <laughs> You've done it now. Go ahead. Let's get that out of the way. No, dude, that's it. Just check out the Work For It podcast. Yeah, for Hang guys. out with Brian, Ben, and me, of course. Yeah, if you don't already know that podcast, definitely check it out. It's a good one. It's one of the ones. It comes out every Thursday, and I make sure not to miss it. And uh, every now and then, I'll strategically you know, text message, either Brian House or Brian Cohn or Ben Butler or one of the guys, I don't know, half hour before they record so that I'm fresh <laughs> in their brain and they'll bring me up on their show. It worked. Oh, dude, it worked we need to bring time. you guys up more often. <laughs> dude, no, come on today. now. We talked about you a little bit on this last show. You did today, man. Yeah, I was, I was kidding. It's just about every other show at least. I love it, man. It's kind of yeah, like dude. A, a little – We need to get – Little family, little podcast. We totally family. need to get you and Bubba on, man. We need to get you and Bubba on. We need to make this thing happen. Well, Bubba's going to be out for at least two weeks. He is down with the Rona. Ah, uh, yeah, he got down with damn. the sickness. So he is. Uh, he offered to do a call in today, but I, I kind of declined that. Um, you know, I talked to him on the phone last night, and me and Bubba can carry on a conversation for days. You know, we've been best friends for years and years. But he just didn't sound good. He sounded you know, tired and drained, and he just oh yeah. Well, he needs to rest, anyways. Exactly. I mean, Rona, Rona just needs rest, and you know, cross your fingers and all that shit. Yeah, it's. I, I didn't want him to stress trying to, you know, be good for a podcast and all that. So I just figured we'd skip it this week and have Old Faithful back on one more time. Man, it won't be too long. Bubble will be right back in the saddle. Oh, yeah, he'll be over there. I'm, I'm looking at his empty corner here in the studio now, and it's just sad. But he'll be back. Maybe he'll come oh, back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe he'll uh, come back and have his beard all freshly combed and, you know, be all rested and <laughs> cleaned up and ready to tackle the day. But we might have him no, back man. On next you, week. But. You've got the – He's got that caveman look. He looks good on it. You know, he's got to keep that big grizzly beard. It's manly. You know, what's funny is um, he works on base here in town. It's a government job. And he is a, I'm pretty sure he said it before, but he works on airplanes. He does sheet metal stuff. And once a year, they have to get tested for a, uh, a respirator fit up. And obviously with the beard like that, you're not going to pass, you know, because they put the respirator on, they got to cover it and make sure it's on properly. So he has to shave completely down to nothing once a year. And oh. last year. And I'm sure that's like the only time he ever shaves. Oh, yeah. Shaves for the test and then lets it grow until the next time he has to shave for the test. Exactly. 
But, dude, I mean, it don't take him but maybe three or four weeks, and it's back to how it is right now. And he's trimming. It's insane. That's awesome. Last year when he had well, a shave. Well, Bubba, if you're listening, we're thinking about you. You're, you're going to beat this thing. Yeah, he, he snuck up in my backyard. And, uh, you know, I'm used to big old Bubba with big old beard. And he come walk around the corner like he just owned the place, full blast towards the shop, <laughs> but he had shaved. And I literally took probably a good five or ten seconds before I figured out who he was. It's, it's weird seeing him without it. But anyway, moving on. I want to start off this show and talk about a sponsor. We're going to start this week with Phoenix Abrasives. They're your one-stop shop for all of your abrasive needs. And you can find them online at www.phoenixabrasives.com and also on Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, TikTok, and all the other good ones that you find things on. And they have helped us Phoenix out Abrasives a lot. is on TikTok? Yeah, man. It's, uh, is that what? It's called the Sexy Sandpaper Man. Uh, that that's Greg's. Um, I think that it might be Sexy Sand Sandman or something like that. But uh, yeah, I'll reach out to him and make sure we get that right. But uh, <laughs> completely a joke. I Dude, don't know TikTok, if they're on TikTok or not. <laughs> I know for all of the people that have been listening, you know, I, I bring up TikTok quite a bit. I'm banned on TikTok right now. I, heard I don't that, know if dude. I told you guys that before. Yeah. Well, I heard it dude. on your show. So do you know oh, which post made that happen? Crazy. So I'm constantly, it seems like every other post I put up, if there's a knife in screen, it's like a coin flip, whether they're going to take it down for community guidelines because it's a potentially dangerous weapon. And uh, basically, I've, I've had so many of them get flagged for that. And like, you know, about 80% of the time, you know, you can kind of dispute it. So if it comes up as community guidelines, you can hit dispute. And it's about 80% chance, but, um, you know, they'll, they'll most of the time put it back up. Somebody will actually look at the post and be like, oh, wow, this isn't dangerous. They'll put that shit back up. Well, I've had five or six of them where I put them up and they somebody looks at it and says, oh, no, that's dangerous and keeps it taken down. And apparently I've hit the max where, you know, if you have so many of those take get taken down and stay down, they will actually suspend you for two and then four and then eight and then, you know, however many days every time you get flagged for it. And so not only is it just, you know, when somebody looks at it and says, hey, this is dangerous, it's when the computer says, oh, my gosh, this could be potentially dangerous. They completely just take you down for, you know, so now I'm, I think I'm down for a week. So, you know, TikTok is getting kind of crazy. Yeah, I've only got four videos up on there, but all of mine, except for one, have a knife in it, and the one that doesn't's got an axe in it. And luckily, I've never they yeah. never mess with me. Um, probably yeah, because I don't know I don't, what it is, man. Well, I don't have the following that you do on there. You know what I mean? I, I'm sure if my numbers were up where yours were, they'd probably be eyeballing me too. But you're up there getting TikTok <laughs> famous, so yeah. See. I got one video that blew up, and then ever since, I haven't gone over a 1,000. I think maybe I had one that went 2,000 views on it. But, like, for instance, I, I put up four four in a row in four days. And, uh, you know, basically every single one is getting between 36 and, like, maybe 110 views. So it's like, I've got I've got almost 13,000 followers, and yet only 13 or 36 people are watching my show. Like, that doesn't make sense. No, that kind of don't add up, does it? No, it doesn't, in my opinion. But whatever, screw them. Yeah, what do we'll, you do? We'll jump over to Instagram Reels. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, everybody knows. I'm gonna talk about something a little different for a second. Everybody knows me from this podcast. I'm very, I'm a very honest person, and I'm very yeah. upfront with you know everything I talk about. I don't hide anything. But I also, even when I might be, you know, struggling or bitching and whining, I'm still happy. You know what I mean? You're never going to see me down. I'm always, I just, I feel blessed all the time. So, um, I, you know, money's tight for me right now. We're in the middle of trying to get the new shop going and trying to still have a couple minutes to work on knives, but I'm not getting anything done. So I don't really have anything for sale right now. But, um, I was talking to Brandon, one that owns this podcast studio today. And I said, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. had, I hadn't paid him this month for the podcast, you know, for the studio time. And it's between me and him, you know, there's no bookkeeper that writes it down. It's just, you know, once a month I give him the money for the, the month's worth of studio time. So I say, hey, man, don't forget, I haven't paid you for August yet. And, uh, just out of nowhere. And he was like, how about August just be sponsored by the peach podcast syndicate? Don't even worry about it. So, oh, what a good guy. Yeah. He, he, oh man. He's, he's the greatest, but I want to take a minute and talk about what the peach podcast syndicate is. Uh, excuse me. Got yeah, of course. Allergies. I want to hear about it. So it's a, it's the studio where we record this podcast. Um, and I, I want to help him all I, all I can, but the thing is it's local. So, I mean, if you don't live right here in middle South Georgia, you can't really make it, you know, into the studio to record. But what they can do is they can record remotely. If you have a way to record your audio on any kind of, you know, microphone, cassette recorder, you know, whatever, and email it to them, they can handle the publishing part for you. They can get it out to the world. I mean, if you've got a voice and you want it to be heard on podcast platform, it don't matter if you want to talk about knives or cars or bacon pies. I mean, if you have any interest in that whatsoever, you can reach out to them. They're on Instagram. They've got a a pretty small following because they don't really promote it a lot, and it is pretty new. It's only been here about a year or so. So um, take a second and go to the Peach Podcast Syndicate Instagram page and just click that follow thing just to show some support because we all know how this – Yeah, guys. We talk about social media all so, the time, and, and it's bullshit. But the thing is, just like – us as knife makers if someone wants to buy a knife from us and they go to our page and we've got 50 followers and then they see the same knife on someone else's page it's got 400 followers they're gonna buy from the the person with the more following that's just the way the world works nowadays so go over there and and Mm -hmm. click that like button and then that way if someone is interested in checking them out at least they've kind of got the follows you know and they'll be more legitimate looking to prospective people that want to record with them yeah man i am a follower of them and you know everybody listening push pause right now and go over and follow them and help them out i mean seriously push pause and go do it right now please and thank you they need it and they would all appreciate it they support jason jason's one hell of a guy you guys should support him yeah, and uh, they're Peach, like the Fruit Peach Podcast Syndicate. Or I'm sorry, Peach Dot Podcast Dot Syndicate. And the very first picture on their page is my big old butt from the side, not even ready, not even knowing they were taking a picture. So scroll past that one, and you'll find some <laughs> interesting stuff. But, yeah, they're at 73 followers right now, guys. 
So next week we're going to talk about them again, and I'm going to recheck that number. And I want to see triple digits at least. I know we can do it. Let's team up and get her done. Oh, yeah, for sure. So what has been going on in your shop? I know you were having to have quite a little drive. Are you still able to put in as much time as you would like getting stuff done? Oh, so, so now that I'm an hour away, it is literally an hour drive in each direction. I'm just, I'm just making that drive. Um, I am only going over there probably three, uh, about three times a week or so to get my work in, but I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm driving my ass over there before the traffic comes through. I'm getting there, I'm beating the heat and I'm, you know, doing super long days because before when that shop was just in my backyard, you know, I could just wake up or I could come home from work and go out and work for a couple hours and just make that happen. Well, now that it's literally two hours of driving to work out there, um, I'm making it so that I am doing much longer days and making it worth that time. So yeah, I'm making it happen. It's, I mean, it's not ideal. And of course, you know, that driving time, um, isn't, isn't what I really want long-term, but I'm just making it work. I'm hustling and I'm grinding, man. There you go. Working for it. Let me ask you a question. I was on my couch last night. Wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. You just said working for it, right? Uh, hey, did, I retur- I, did I hear that right? I returned the favor. You said you're hustling and grinding. So, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm all there about some teamwork, there dude. Yes, sir. So let me let me ask you a question. Hell yeah. I was thinking about you last night because I was sitting on my couch polishing this blade, trying to polish out a hamon. Me and you have talked about it several times. So me and Katie were just watching TV, and, you know, I was working on this blade kind of in my lap. So – you know, you've got this long ass drive in between your house and your shop. Would it make any sense mm-hmm. to you to spend, you know, like you said, some long days in the shop, but then maybe do some glue ups at home? You know what I mean? Throw some plastic on the kitchen table and bring home some clamps. And, you know, on your off days, maybe do glue ups there and then haul them back to the shop, you know, for grinding. Could you think of anything you could maybe get done at the house? Since you are having full days oh, there yeah. down? Um, there is opportunities like that for sure, especially because I do 24-hour epoxy. Um, but it seems like, you know, by the time you – if I'm spending, you know, eight or ten hours in a shop, by the time I get done, like, I've got everything done. And I can just set it on my bench and just let it sit there and glue or, you know, there's there's so many different things. Of course, there's like little polishing things that I could like bring home and, you know, touch up this, do that. But, you know, if I'm already there and I've got, it's only going to take an hour or so to do those little steps, then I might as well just finish it there and let it, let work stay there instead of bringing it home and setting it out. Especially now that, you know, right now we're moving, there's, there's uh, still a bunch of stuff that we need to organize and shit. That's one less thing that I have to take up space, you know. Dude, moving is one of the worst things in the world. I cannot stand moving. We moved into our house a little over three years ago. And honestly, in the bottom of one of our closets, there are still two boxes down there that came from our (laughs) old house. I don't even know what's in them. I just know that those were our moving boxes. I guess when we moved in, we just kind of stuck those out of the way. And they're still sitting there in one of the closets. I don't guess it's too important (laughs) because we haven't needed it in three years. But moving sucks, dude. Dude, it sounds like those whatever's in those three or two or three boxes you have, you don't really need. Fucking donate that shit. 
Well, we get it out of here. We kind of joke about it every now and then. Like, whatever's in there, we don't need. So we'll just keep it in there. And then, you know, when our kids get old and they find our shit after we die, maybe it'll be antique, <laughs> whatever's in there. <laughs> I mean, we don't have Or, any you know, when when they go off to college, you can always dump stuff off to them. He's like, oh, you need all this, that, or the other. Here, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, for real. You got to take this box with you, too. But it's, Amen. it's probably a box of dish rags or something. There's no telling. <laughs> well, they'll need that. Sure. Yeah. Get rid of it then. Definitely. Can't never have too many rags. I've had them in my lap this week, polishing this Simone. And I think I'm just about yeah. done with it because I'm not seeing results. Like, it's pretty. It is super cool looking. But it's just like it. Dude, it, I was just going to bring up. You, you sent me a picture of this knife with this beautiful gorgeous little hamone line in it yeah it, that is awesome it, i mean how long out. have you spent polishing that out uh total um including a lot of time on the couch i've probably got a good three or four hours at least of just hand rubbing flits on there and wiping it off rub it on wipe it off and like the first probably mm-hmm. hour it was awesome because it seemed like every time i do a round it got you know, brighter and brighter and brighter. And I could tell a difference and then it just kind of stalled. And yeah, I just, I feel you start like running into diminishing returns with that pretty quickly. I think that's where I'm at with this one. Like it, I've got it as good as it can get. Um, but I'm a big fan of Jared ball and the way he does Simone's J ball knives. And oh yeah, his stuff is insane, dude. Like, you know, when you etch it, the part that was covered in clay is the light part. And the part of the edge is dark. But after he polishes mm-hmm. it, that completely reverses. So he's got like a mirror yeah. polished edge and the the part at the top that was the hamon under the clay comes out black. So I keep rubbing this thing thinking I'm gonna hit the reverse button somewhere or like the color inversion button and I can't find that button. So now I've actually did a little bit of research since you talked about that last. I think it's really that the hardened steel takes the polish, like takes that mirror edge or mirror polish so much better that in comparison, it looks as if it flips, but the unhardened portion of the knife doesn't actually get any, you know, brighter or darker. Um, it's just the fact that, you know, now you have that mirror polish down on the hardened steel and it looks comparatively darker. That, that could be it. But, I mean, his is, like I said, I'm trying to compare my one little, you know, first round of trying to do this ever to, you know, a god among among hormone makers. So I really right. should shut up anyway. But you know what I mean? Like, I just I want to give it my best shot, of course. And, uh, sure, man. There's no way to improve unless you go for it. Yeah, I think with this one, though, like you say, the what you call it, diminishing returns, I think that's where I'm at. I've already got the handle scales on this one glued up to the liners. Um, so Ooh, I was just going to ask you, what colors are you going with the handle? Okay. So is you know, Dymalux, right? You familiar with Dymalux? Oh yeah. But yeah. go ahead and tell people who are listening that don't know. Okay. So Dymalux is, it is layered wood that has been stabilized, but it's dyed in a pattern. So like they'll take a, I don't know what it is. 16th inch thick piece of wood, stabilize and dye that. And then they, do the same thing, all different colors, whatever, to several different pieces of wood and stack them. So it's like a micarta, but it's actually made of wood. 
And I mean, it's super cool stuff. So a good example of that is your American knife, that, that chef knife with the red, white, and blue handles. Exactly. That was Diamond Lux and also that green and black one. Um, that was called, okay. that one was called green Hornet. That was Diamond Lux too. Um, so this one coming okay. up is called Applejack and they all, all the colors have their own names. It's super cool. And I found them at blade show and that's why you're seeing a lot of this diamond look stuff. Cause I really loved it and I bought a lot of it. And, um, but this one's called Applejack. It's just black and red. So I glued it to, okay. uh, the outside layer will be black. Obviously it'll change once you grind into it, but I glued it to red liners, um, 16th inch G10 red liners and it's got some file work on the spine so i'm gonna dye the epoxy red and ooh, yeah let that dude that's gonna be badass i've always loved red and black you know that's a i mean my personal favorite is black on black everything just completely murder out you know my a lot of the, my personal knives i made for myself i i do black on black on black everything uh it seems like every little thing like my headphones my wallet my whatever i've always i've always gravitated towards that classic you know minimal black look but if i if i can't get that it's always red and black are just a killer stunner combination so with red and black handles and that hamon line shit man somebody's gonna snap that up and love it i hope so dude it's gonna be expensive (laughs) there's a lot, lot of time in this one but um yeah i'm a big fan of red and black too obviously you know i'm a georgia boy Die hard Georgia Bulldogs fan. So that black and red oh, yeah. runs through my veins. But I think it's going to be there pretty neat. I got to get the red epoxy, though. Every time I've went to get red, they're out of just plain red. So they got like magenta or, you know, all these weird-looking colors that aren't red. But okay, I'm actually probably going to go by there on the way home today and check again and see if they've got some more in stock. I could order it, but... You know, there's a the place right here in town where I could walk in the front door and grab it. So that makes it a whole lot easier. And I don't know. How, yeah, that's going to be awesome. I don't know I'm really excited I don't about red. that one. I've got every other color, but I don't have red. Thought I did, but whatever. So, uh, so switching gears for a second, I saw that you have a um, auction knife going up. I do. You want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, so yeah, dude. that knife, the auction will be closed by the time this comes out. But that knife is Oh, dude, that, hold on. Yeah, man. The next auction you do, you have to announce it on a podcast and make sure that people can hear it before. Because, I mean, how are people going to know? Well, see, the thing is, we record this on a Thursday. Well, I guess I could. Yeah. I could kind of hype it up and then do another auction. There you go. So, okay, check it out. See, B. Cone, this is why I like you. This is why me and you are friends. Because you have the ideas, <laughs> and they work for me. So this is what we're going to do. That, there you go. That American flag knife that you just talked about. I have put yeah. that thing up as available for, I don't know, a month or so. Probably two different times. I wanted to do it 10, but I don't want to be that one guy that's like, hey, this is still available. Still got it. You know, sure. I don't want to sound like a dick. But next Tuesday... um. Wait, you got to help me, B Cone. Okay, when this Hold podcast on. comes out, how about this? How about this? How about this? Um, Brian House just did a raffle, and that went incredibly well. Do you want to raffle it, or do you want to auction it? Because like- you're doing an auction, you can experiment with a raffle, and then whichever does better, that's the one you can do from here on out. Well, I like the auctions better. I mean, I've never done a raffle, 
But the thing, okay, say I want to sell 20 tickets at 20 bucks a piece. So that's 400 bucks, right? Sure. So yep. if I only sell, I don't know, 10 tickets, what do I do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just sit on it forever until I sell 20 more? Do I refund those first? You know what I mean? Like, that's just, I, the, I, I don't think I've got the following to sell scary. out a, a raffle at this point. But we'll, yeah. we'll go with the auction. So the day that you hear this one, and we'll talk about the one I've got live right now in just a second. But the day that you hear this podcast, go over to J.K. Blade's Instagram page, and I will post up the American Flag Knife, and I will I will do an auction on that one. And we'll we'll see how it goes. And uh, Yeah, man. I think that's a pretty cool idea. So, like I said before, everyone, stop the podcast. Go check out this uh, auction on J.K. Blade's. Go check it out. Hell, you know, if you love it, drop drop a bid. Why not? You could be getting it for a really good price. I know it's a hell of a knife. Oh, yeah. The thing looks gorgeous. Yeah. If somebody's going to love it and get it. It's yeah. guaranteed. Come on. Somebody. I do, and that's one of those that I cannot believe I'm still sitting on it. Some knives that I've built before, I finish them, and I'm like, you know, this is a beautiful piece, but. I I wouldn't necessarily buy it from my kitchen. You know what I mean? And but they right. sell instantly. But then the ones I finish and I'm like, oh my God, this is gonna fly off the shelf. I can't wait to post this. And then I mean just forever. It's sick. Dude, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> the same way it seems like with posts right now. You know, you, you work on a post and you think, Oh my god, this is so pretty, it's gonna be eye catching and shit like that. You finally post it, and you get, like, 10 people to watch it. Yeah. Maybe, you know, five likes. And then you just throw something, you know, take a picture, snapshot real quick, throw that shit out on the internet, and that's the shit that blows up. It's like, what the hell do I have to do here? Yeah, so the auction that I've got uh, going on right now is a, it's like a chef's knife, vegetable chopper hybrid style knife. Yeah, dude. It's, like, crazy looking. And it's got, like, a a rock tumbled coffee etched blade finish. So it's like a vintage patina. And I mean, it's, it's pretty bad to the bone. I mean, it's a cool is I haven't seen one just like it. I mean, obviously there's knives of every size, shape and color been built over the last million years, but it does have a unique Mm -hmm. kind of style to it. Yeah. And it's It's got got that JK blade style on there. Yeah. It's it's easily replicated. It's easily, you know, copyable, but never replicated. Yeah. That shit is gorgeous. Well, I thank you, sir. I thank you. And uh, the American flag blade, <laughs> it's got a uh, just a regular ferric acid or ferric chloride etched finish. And it came out just, I mean, it looks like pool table slate. Just the prettiest, smoothest gray. I mean, just even all the way through. Perfect. Mm. So, yeah, we're definitely going to. Going to do an auction on that one and see how it goes because Lord knows I got some bills to pay, so every little bid will be appreciated. And uh, I need to speaking start of auctions, now. I think I'm speaking of auctions. I'm going to have to dip my toe into that because do you remember me talking about a knife that I made for a customer and then I got it out to her and she's like, "Eh, I don't know. Could you fix this?" Yep. And then I took it back and immediately fixed it, and she just stopped responding. Yeah, you're still sitting well, on that I, one? I still have that in my back pocket. Gotcha. So I'm thinking I'll probably announce it here, maybe on the next Work For It podcast, and do an auction on that because 
I, I just don't know. This thing has been sitting. I might go ahead and do like a, you know, ferric chloride patch on it and darken down the blade. And I definitely need to thin the handles on it. It, was, it went a little bit easier because the, the woman said that she likes big, thick handles. Well, I don't think everyone's going to like that. So I'm going to go ahead and thin that up a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I think I'm going to have to have to do an auction or maybe a raff or a raffle. I'm not sure. But we need to get this thing out the door. Yeah, I hate sitting on them because I'm always thinking in my head, like, okay, I've got a a gladiator cabinet in my shop, and it's just like a you know mm-hmm. big steel cabinet. But inside of that, I've got one of those plastic kind of stackable things that's got the drawers in it, and that's where I put all my finished blades. I oil the shit out of them. All the drawers are lined with like the blue paper towels, and but I'm always worried like I'm gonna snatch a shelf out and I'm going to drop it or something's going to fall on it. Even though it's inside mm. a cabinet, inside a cabinet, I, w- I always get worried about leaving finished knives sitting around. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to bump it or mess it up or something and have to start over. One thing that I do with that issue is I go ahead and put a little bit of ax wax on it. Just coat it. Just a really thin coating of ax wax tends to keep the rust off. But then I put a couple rounds of paper towel around it and duct tape a, a little bit of either, you know, painter's tape or duct tape or whatever is closest to me. And I basically just package that up into a, like almost a little envelope of, um, paper towel. And then I bring it inside. Like, you know, it can't rust if it's sitting in air conditioning. So yeah, well, I, I spray mine down with canola oil, like the, the, cook, okay. the nonstick cooking spray that you spray your pan with. And yeah. I, I put them on a blue rag and spray them down with that real good. And then just roll them up in the blue paper towel, and I don't tape it, but pretty similar situation. But mine do stay in the shop. Yeah. But I mean, uh, have you ever picked up a little can of X wax? I have not, and I was just about to ask you about that. How how oh is that God. applied? I mean, I've thought of myself that before. Like, how do you put a coat of wax on a knife? I know it's food safe and all that, and that's great. But how do you put it on there without it looking like streaks of wax? Or does it? Is that just what it is? So, I mean, first of all, it, I mainly put it on the handles because it, it, you know, closes up the pores and just, it just makes it look gorgeous. I mean, there's, there's nothing around that. You put a little bit, you get up through the grits and then you put a little bit of axe wax on it and then just do a really light polish and it just makes it pop. It's, it's really pretty for that. Okay. But literally all you do is just, you know, basically you take that can of the can of axe wax and rub your finger back and forth on it until you get just a little bit on your finger and then just put, just slide a little coat of axe wax on there. And I mean, even right down onto the blade, just a really thin, I mean, when you go to use it, obviously you're going to wash that off before you use it mm-hmm. because I mean, who wants beeswax on whatever they're cutting? Right. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, it's just a really thin... Of course, you know, you can see a little bit of axe wax on there. It, it makes it look a little bit, you know, waxy when you have it sitting around. But, of course, you're going to wash that off first, so... Well, I have used... Uh, I use Johnson's Paste Wax a lot in my shop for a lot of different things. And uh, I have rubbed that on the blade before, and it protected it really good. You know what I mean? The ones that are just okay. sitting around, it worked really good. But to wash it off... Holy crap. Like it almost hardened onto the blade and it just, Oh wow. It really? Was a nightmare trying to wash it off. And that's not food safe. You don't want to be chewing on that. So see, I mean, I know I've said ax wax too many times and people are going to start getting pissed. Like this is an infomercial and 
no, I'm not sponsored, not like Jeff Bader, but, you know, a little bit of warm water and it just slides right off. Yeah, this is not a name-dropping infomercial podcast. I mean, we would not, <laughs> definitely not like like Knife Talk with Jeff Fader and Mareko and Craig. Sure, but uh, <laughs> hey, uh, tell me about that grinder you've got going on that both of us run. Oh, I was fixing to say, I mean, we only run the best. And I mean, there's a lot of grinders out there in the world. I've seen a bunch of them, and there's some good ones, but there's only one great one. Yeah. That's the one we have. And that is the Broadback yes, Ironworks two by seventy two. Now, man, I'm uh-huh. telling you, if you wanted an infomercial, I could go on for days about the amount of different things that this machine can do. So, it doesn't matter what you're what you're doing. If you're making a knife and you are at any point in the process and you need to remove material from anything, whether it's your steel, your wood, your pins, your liners, I mean, it doesn't matter. They have an attachment for it to get into the space that you need to get to, and it, it's just perfect. There is no better machine. It's got the extra-long platen. It tilts horizontal and vertical and will lock in at any angle in between. And articulating workrest that flips and flops and spins and does everything you need it to do, and there's just nothing better. And guess what? It does everything but sell your knife for you. No, hey, but if you put it in front of a Broadback Ironworks grinder, it could probably help. Yeah, take for a, sure. Take a picture of your knife with the grinder that built it. I mean, the grinder, I mean, it's a tool, right? It's it's designed to be dirty, and it's designed to mm-hmm. just, you know, work. It's a workhorse. But, damn, if that's not just a pretty machine. You know what I mean? The way it's built, it just looks good. It it got like a race car look to it yeah i've always thought and really the thing that drew me to it is right down at the base it's got that stylized b on there which of course you know me being brian and if you've ever seen my logo i've got almost the same stylized b on there so you know i've always loved the fact that you know they've got those you got those cool holes all around it that i mean if they were just going for quick and easy they could just cut that profile and slap that together, but they go the extra mile to cut these little little holes and you know the the stylized E, and it, it just makes it look ultra unique. Yep, yep. And I mean, nobody will look at a broadback and be like, "Oh, which grinder is this?" I never you know, put two and two together back. with you and that B. That makes a lot of sense. But, uh, <laughs> I, well, what was really to... funny is what what was really funny when I was actually looking at different grinders to actually purchase one. And this was literally just before uh, Jeff Fader was starting to talk about the Broadback Grinder on Knife Talk. Um, I was, you know, showing showing Emily like, hey, there's this option, there's this option, this option, and here's all the pros and cons. And finally, I come across the Broadback, and I show her that one. She's like, okay, well, go ahead and order that one because you see your B on there. You're not going to go for anything else. But, you know, she said that before. I was like, and this one's the best because it has so many, all of the options without any of the, you know, you you don't have to weld it. It's bolt together. It's so much more inexpensive because they flat pack it to you and you put it together. So, I mean, I was literally fixing up just like, you know, when you're doing anything and you're, you're trying to convince someone else that what you like is best. You always put the one that you like best at the end of the conversation, be like, and here's the best, you know? Right. 
So, so I was totally doing the same thing, and I flipped, I flipped the picture over to the Broadback Grinder, and you know, you could just see on her face, like, okay, well, this is the one you like, right? <laughs> yeah, got to keep that B. I talked to, to yeah, Ryan dude. quite a bit, Ryan Broadback, and uh, you know, I, awesome. obviously, he's the one that designed it, and to hear him talk about designing this machine, this is years of work, obviously. But did you know mm-hmm. you were talking about this brought it up. You were talking about all the holes in the sides and stuff, you know, that look awesome. Every one of those holes is in the location that it is and is the size that it is to help with balance. Those holes actually really? are designed that way for a very particular reason. And that's to balance the machine and you know keep it smooth while it's running. The way that the the, the size of the plates, I guess you'd say, you know, it comes, like you said, flat packed, flat packed. And um, those pieces were designed with flat rate shipping boxes sitting on his desk. Wow. So that he could most efficiently pack this thing. And with that being said, since it is flat packed, the shipping on those machines is free in the United States. So, wow. yeah, use that code HUSTLE10 and go over there and get you 10% off of a brand-new Brabeck Tuba 72 grinder. And that, that goes yeah, for uh, all the attachments as well, not just the grinder itself. So anything that you yes, go sir. and look so at on I your page. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Um, do you use any sort of light right up next to the platen to, you know, illuminate your, you know, your, your grinding surface? No. Um, the short answer is no. I guess the the reason would be my grind, you know, my shop we've talked about is pretty small. But yeah, I've got a, a bay door in my shop, a roll-up bay door, and the grinder's pretty close mm-hmm. to that, and the sunlight in there is perfect. I mean, it just it lights it up great. But once it does get dark, I've got two four-foot LED strip lights on the ceiling, and it's kind of like, I guess if you were, if I'm looking straight at the grinder, they're running uh, the same direction. Like if I hold my arms straight out in front of me, they're running the same direction as my arms up on the ceiling, and it's like one above each shoulder. So it's almost like they okay. cast down the perfect amount of light. And honestly, that was a complete accident. I mean, I had the lights up there already, <laughs> but when I set the grinder up, that's just where it landed, and it worked out great. So I don't have a, Boom, a specific light. You know, I do have a clamp light. You know, you squeeze the little thing, and it's got a little sheet metal cone around it that you can kind of direct. Sure. I've got one of those on the ceiling, but I don't really use it often at the grinder. Most of the time when I use that, it's I'm trying to get the right light for a picture or something. Or if I'm sure. hand sanding, you know, then I'll try to get in there with that. But as far as grinding, though, I do need to check into that mister system that you got, though, because... <laughs> yeah, for sure. Check out the Mister system. But the reason why I bring it up is one of the things that I got first when I got my broadback was this little itty bitty. I mean, it's this. It's probably six inches of strip light on the end of a little gooseneck that has a magnet at the base. And basically, what I do is I put that on the side of the. You know, you, you've got your plate, and on the left hand side, you have like the side of the D plate. Well, I put it at the top of that D plate. And this little light, you can kind of move it around and give you really intense um, light exactly where you're grinding so you can really see what you're doing. And then the reason why I brought this up is then I use that cord 
I run back through the holes in the base of the broadback grinder, mm-hmm. and it just fits like the uh, the uh, plug-in portion barely fits through those holes and can be run safely so that the, the cord goes straight down and straight back so it doesn't any, it come anywhere near the spinning belt. Because it, could you imagine if like if that wasn't kind of cable managed the way that I do it? If if that little belt or that little cord got stuck in the belt and all of a sudden that thing just flips off and you know pulls out, that'd be pretty dangerous. But you know, with those holes in the broadback grinder, that that cable could be managed perfectly back to the back of the machine where it plugs in. Oh yeah. So I'm, that's what I highly suggest. And they're like twenty bucks on Amazon. I'm so sure Ryan it. had I that mean, in mind when he designed it. He's got to have a spot to run a cable. So. Yeah, man. It's a great little light, and I really highly recommend it for well, 20 bucks. Good deal, man. I'll have to look into one of uh, one of those, too. I don't, I don't feel like I really need a light on it, but, hell, for that much money, why not give it a shot? You know what I mean? Yeah. Can't hurt. So, all right, guys. I want to I wanna ask a favor of the podcast uh, community here, and we're going to start charging a fee for listening to this podcast. It's not going to be a Patreon. All I want is a favor. If you like this show and you feel like we're doing a good job, tell a buddy about it. And I'm completely stealing this from a different podcast. So if anyone else out there listening to Real AF with Andy Priscilla, yes, I'm ripping off his idea. But that's okay. But the fee is tell a friend. If you think it's cool and you think they'll enjoy it, then just tell them, like, hey, check this out. It's a pretty cool podcast. We are growing. Um, With our numbers, we're growing pretty good but we're kind of stalling out a little bit and I'm no expert, but I feel like I've kind of reached the people that I know, you know, or that, that knew JK blades ahead of time. And, um, we're just kind of stalling a little bit on growth. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we can just grow a little more, that'd be awesome. Cause with growth comes, you know, potential sponsors where we could get you guys promo codes or, you know, some, who knows, who knows? Uh, my goal is to find a sponsor that will work with me and somehow another, I don't have to pay for studio time anymore. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> that would be nice. I have been promoted um, or honestly, approached by two different companies. Just the fact that you and Bubba and whoever else he has on always has really interesting and really informative conversations. So don't you want your friends to listen to this anyways? Oh, yeah. I'm sure everyone that's listening has a buddy that could, you know, listen to this and really enjoy it as much as you do. So yeah. what, go ahead and spread the word. Screw yeah. it. Let, let me, I mean, let even me finish, if you everybody. don't know the person very well, let me finish. just let them let know me, that the me, Hustle and Grind <laughs> and the Work for it podcast are worth listening to. <laughs> let, me, let me finish there, Brian. Let me finish there. Okay. Welcome to the B-Cone Show. All right. Slow down. We're going to take turns here. So, um. I have been approached by two different companies that were more than willing to pay the the studio fee for this podcast. Oh, and, cool. And they, they wanted to give me lots of free stuff if I just talked about them. One of them okay. wanted me to buy the first round of their stuff, and their stuff was stuff that I don't use. I don't need it. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's just I have no use for it. Not saying it's good stuff or bad stuff. But I, I don't need it. You know what I mean? So why would I buy it? Can you talk about what kind of stuff it is? Um, no. <laughs> I, I'll tell, I'll tell <laughs> right. you off the air. Um, I feel like sure. if I hint around about it, 
then it'll be obvious. And like I said, I'm, I don't want to put anybody down because there's no reason for sure. me to. It just wasn't for me. Um, and the other company did send me samples of their product, and they were willing to give a pretty significant promo code. It was going to be 15% off of their product, and they were going to keep me stocked with their product and um, and pay the studio fee in order for us to talk about them every week. So they sent me some samples, and their shit was trash. I mean, it was, oh, no. it was terrible. It was it was ridiculous. It and I shit. I'll oh, no. I'll tell I'll tell you who that. Well, I'm gonna tell you the, the company name, but it that was an epoxy brand, and um, uh oh, they sent me some stuff, dude. And I've never even heard of one before. And they sent me some stuff, and it's just it was terrible. It just absolutely no did not work at all. Like I feel like I could have mixed up like some cornstarch and water and made a stronger glue, but uh oh, did I lose you? No, I got you. You there? Oh, hey, good, good, good. All right. Sorry yeah. about that. I feel like I could have mixed up cornstarch and water and come up with a stronger glue. I mean, it was that bad. But, um, mm. but, oh, let me let me stop for a minute. Okay, so I have talked about another company that sent me epoxy on this podcast before. That was CEC Knife Making Epoxy. I am not talking about them. That epoxy does not sponsor <laughs> this show, but that is great epoxy. And that's all I use is their epoxy. Um, that's the same thing that pickle cutter uses is just CEC knife corp. That epoxy is great. It was not them. So <laughs> I don't want nobody getting confused okay. thinking, you know, that's who I'm bashing, but I, I won't say the name of who it was, but, um, mm. yeah, the point I'm getting at is when that day comes, you know, I want to be somebody that if I recommend something, if I tell you guys like, Hey, this is good shit. You know, I've tried it and I mean, it. it's gotta be good shit. Exactly. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to push something just for the sake of, I don't know, saying we're sponsored or getting a discount or a couple bucks paid for in the studio. And I mean, the studio time here, it's not crazy expensive, but it's, it's not free. You know, there's a lot of equipment yeah. in here to pay for. I mean, obviously. It's, it's literally just like Brian house says all the time, your integrity and your word is worth so much more than whatever free swag you're going to get from whoever it is. Exactly. I mean, so they send me a free t-shirt, right? Say two, three years down the road from now, this podcast goes away. Maybe I get tired of it and just slap my ass, don't feel like doing it no more. You know, that's sure. not in the cars now. I, I enjoy the hell out of coming up here on a Thursday afternoon and jabbering for an hour. But it might not last forever. If I go and drag my own name through the mud, pushing some bullshit, that that won't be forgotten. Podcaster, You're not, right. I'll be People known have as long that, memories that guy that was full of shit. Yeah, it, people have long memories when it comes to, hey, this guy suggested these people and they're bullshit. You know, this guy must be bullshit if he's if he's suggesting that. Exactly. Yeah, it ain't worth it. That buries people. It just and I don't have a problem. Like I was just talking about CEC Knife Corp. That's good epoxy. They don't sponsor me at all. Um, we have actually I've talked to them about sponsorship, but the thing with them is, and it, I mean this is just all the way honest up front, what they told me. Their prices are already as low as they can possibly get them. They don't have room mm -hmm. to offer discount codes. You know, the, they're a small operation. They don't have the room to offer a code, you know, on their profit margin. Right. Which is extremely respectable. But. 
Right. You know, that means that they're such good people that they're not looking to make a giant profit. They, they're, they've got such a low, you know, income margin that, you know, they can't offer it. It's because they're already giving you the best deal that they can give you. Well, well, they I sell. Mean, shit. The, I mean, what more? Do you, what more can you be asking for? So they're they're the manufacturer, right? And they're also, you mm-hmm. know, they retail it through themselves. But their epoxy is available at retail stores. I don't know which ones, um, but they they sell it to retailers that that turn around and mm-hmm. resell it. They sell it to a retailer, say Home Depot, you know, whoever. They sell it to Home Depot for the same price that you or me can go on their website and buy it for. You know, they. I mean, it's so Home Depot must be marking it up a little bit. Well, I'm not saying Home Depot has got it. Somebody's got it. I don't know who. I'm just using that for an example. But obviously, you know, if sure. if it's on a shelf somewhere, it's going to be marked up. And I mean, that's with anything. Yeah. That's with Windex, you know. But um, right, yeah, they sell it to the general public for the same price that they sell it to retailers for. So I mean, that's that's good customer service. I can't knock them for not being able to give a promo code. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. They're, it sounds like they're good people. Yep. So, and like I said, I'm talking about them and not sponsored, but who cares? You know what I mean? Maybe we'll get sponsored. Maybe we won't. If we never get another sponsor, I'm cool with that. Cause I feel like we've already got two of the best in the business and <laughs> you know, can't be begging. Just can't do it. So I have a question to you. So, um, Broadback just came out with those new 36 grit belts that are supposed to be, you know, I think they're annihilators or something along those lines. The game changers. No, there's something with their 36 grit belts where oh, people okay. are just getting them for the first time. And they're like, you know, just absolutely long lasting and stuff like that. Has, has Ryan sent any to you or have you tried taking them up yet? I have not. And, um, that's kind of like a, I mean, honestly, I probably will not. I've got a long, long, long history with Phoenix abrasives way before yeah. this podcast started. Um, and okay. they have been so awesome to me that I'm just kind of like, my loyalty is there. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> you can't step, you can't step out on that relationship. I can't, man. I, I'm telling you, they've just been so freaking good <laughs> to me for so many years. And that's back when I was buying, you know, four 36 grit belts for a one by 30 at a time, you right. know, 10 bucks worth of belts tops. Now, you know, we're spending a few hundred dollars at a time on belts and I'm still dude. the same customer service. It's just, I, I can't step out on my homies over there. And I'm sure that, that Broadbeck's belts are awesome because, you know, I know Ryan, I know Vince, I know, uh, Ben, I know, I know all the guys over there. They're not going to push something that's not worth pushing. It's, right. I, I just already have my my belts. You know what I mean? Sure. Speaking of, I'm looking at doing a belt refresh. And like you said, it, it went from back in the one by 30 days where, hey, you're dropping 20, 30, 40 bucks. Now it's like, oh, shoot, now I'm dropping – Hundred fifty, two hundred, three hundred dollars on a full belt refresh. <sighs> yeah, it's, so uh, you suggest that I I check out Phoenix and uh, try their round time. I'll tell you what, at Phoenix Abrasives. This is what I bought when I first bought my two by seventy two grinder. Because obviously, if you buy a grinder, you need belts. So they have starter packs, yeah. 
And it's got two each of 36, 120, 220. Let me me start over. It's five different belts. 36, 60, 120, 220, and 400. So it's 10 belts. Mm -hmm. And those... Those kits are 40 bucks, and all of those are ceramic belts. There's no aluminum oxide, no cheapo bullshit. They're all great ceramic belts. Wait a second. You just said 10 bolts for 40 bucks? Yes, sir. Holy cow. And guess what? If you use that promo code HUSTLE10, you'll get an additional 10% off of that. Jeez. And well, you talked me into it. I mean, these belts are, like I said, they make, they've got the shredder version of, you know, they call it the Red Ripper. That's like the, you know, yeah. Combat's got the Shredder, and now I guess Brabet's got the Annihilator. There's is the Red Ripper, and it is insane. And they just sent me these new purple belts. Okay. I don't know what the hell them things are made out of besides, you know, devil's horns themselves. Those things <laughs> are, dude, I, I have used one belt on 36 grit, the same purple belt for probably three weeks now. I mean, I've sharpened what? I've sharpened two axes that were just left out in the rain and abused that a buddy of mine bought me, and one of my own axes. So that's three axes. And God, I don't know. At least profiled eight or ten different knobs with one belt, and that joker still feels oh like God. it's got grit just ready to eat. And I haven't even turned it around yet. You know what I mean? Then, <laughs> like, Holy it is cow. hungry. See, I find that I pretty much I I destroy at least a belt and a half per batch of knives. Oh, maybe wow. I, I don't know if I'm grinding too hard or what's going on, but you know, if I'm doing a batch of ten knives, I'm normally going through a belt, maybe even a belt and a half of my thirty six, sixty, and one twenty for sure. You know, two twenties tend to last just a little bit longer. But what kind of belts man, are those? I'm, Not manufactured, but are uh, you using ceramic or silicon carbide or aluminum? Oh, oxygen? ceramic for sure. I always get ceramic. Okay. Yeah, dude. It's. I mean, I don't want you to mention a name, but it sounds like Phoenix is better. <laughs> I mean, man. seriously. I, and the purple belts are. I would almost say they're too aggressive for some applications. Just because of how much oh, steel wow. they take off. Um, hey, man, that, that's a good problem to have. Well, like with a bushcraft knife or something like that, where you're starting at 316s or 8th inch or whatever, and you really want to hog down and, and get a bevel in there, they're perfect. Mm-hmm. As far as a chef's knife, starting at like .70 stock or 070, whatever, the whatever yeah. is just a hair under 16th. But um, there's no way I'd touch one of those to one of them purple, purple belts. Oh, yeah. When I'm doing fillet knives, when it's down, I actually have a, a billet of Alabama Damascus where it starts, I think it's at .05 thin. Holy cow. Which is like ultra, ultra thin for Damascus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I start on 60 grit when it comes to those just because, you know, I, I can imagine you you uh, you put on 36 and you, you like t- put it on for a half of a second too long and you, you know, burnt right through it. Yep. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm starting on 60 on anything that then, but you know when you're when you're doing some bigger, heavier cleavers and stuff like that, you want to hog through because it, I mean it takes time to get through all that stuff. Yeah, okay. So I'm I'm all about it. I'm I'm gonna check it out. Did you see that little video I put up? It was like a joke type video of that big giant chef's knife, and then I threw a dime next to it. A what next to it? A dime. 
I, I did a little video. It was on my reels. Oh, a dime. I don't think I saw that one. Maybe uh, I did. It, uh, how long ago was that? Uh, within the week. Um, okay. Not too long ago. But I made this teeny tiny little knife, and I kind of did it as a joke, and I ended up making three or four more of them. I made them as little pendants for my wife and my daughter. They wanted a little matching necklace and bracelet thing. You know, cool. my wife got the chef's knife looking one. I didn't want my little girl with nothing that sharp around her neck, even though it's not sharp, it's pointy. So I made her like right. kind of a rounded cleaver, Ulu looking thing where there's no sharp edges on it. But I just took cool. scraps of metal that was kind of laying around on the floor, like maybe, I don't know, inch by two inches or whatever. And mm-hmm. just ground them out. And it took like, I don't know, 30 seconds per little piece. And I think I had my grinder down to like 30%. And I mean, just with those belts, it chewed it up. I mean, it felt like I was pushing a block of butter into a 36 wow. grit belt. Just moved it right around. It does build up some heat now. Sweet. But they all do. Man, I'm definitely going to check it out. You talked me right into it for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's, I'm also gonna. You've also talked me into like scrounging every single last piece of scrap to make little things like that. That's that's such a great idea for your scrap. Yeah, dude, and what I did when I was done with it, because I mean, if you if you just profile it out and leave it at 36 grit on the edges, it's gonna rust. So I yeah. got um, I drilled a, a hole in it so they could put their little necklace string or whatever through there they made. Um, but I got my map gas torch and I pinched it with um, just a barely tip tip little corner of some dikes, you know, where I, there's barely any contact on it. And I heated it up with a map gas torch and then just dipped it into some Johnson's paste wax. And it put like that nice little shell around it, a protective coating. It kind of turned it hmm. uh, kind of a dark gray, light gray color. And now I don't have to worry about rust and I don't have to worry about you know, just it looking nasty. Wow, that's that's super intelligent. You you have to make a little video about that and put that up because I want to see it. Yeah, well, I did a video of the knife itself. I'll do a little video of the of the little waxy application. But um, yeah, that'll be cool. Well, I've heard about people before, especially blacksmiths, when they make you know like door pulls or things like that. They do like they heat it up and apply wax. A lot of times they'll use beeswax or whatever. I was fresh mm-hmm. out of beeswax, but like I said, I've always got Johnson's Pace Wax on hand in my shop. I use it all over the place. And, um, you know, it was so small. I mean, it's like fairly bigger than a dime. Um, mm-hmm. So I just heated it up and dunked it in there. It smoked like hell for just a minute, but after that, I let it cool off and rubbed it with a paper towel, and it was good to go. Man, it looked pretty. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They were See, happy I was with talking it. on the last work for a podcast about how I need to, you know, come up with smaller projects that I can sell for, you know, a little bit cheaper so people can, you know, support my, my business without having to, you know, go all the way to buying a handmade knife. Because I mean, our, our handmade knives, we spend a lot of time and they have to go for a decent amount of money. Well, a little, little pendants like that, or, you know, smaller, smaller things that you can slap together is a really great way to, you know, have, you know, spend, you know, half of one day and bust out a bunch of them, put them up for sale. And then that's, I mean, that's income that's, that will add up enough where 
you know, people are still want something from your hand. So it's, you know, handmade by you, but you're not having to, you know, sell them for a boatload. Yeah, exactly. I mean, cause like, I like that idea. I'm, I might start doing something like that. Yeah, it, Maybe it takes I'll have a lot to of time some royalties to, on to make a knife. That's for sure. Um, I've got tons and tons and tons. I don't hardly ever throw away any kind of little scrap from stabilized wood. Um, especially if it's dyed and was, you know, super pretty stuff. I saved the tiniest little cutoffs. Have you seen this new craze that's okay. going on? And it, it might not be new. I might have just found out about it. But these beads that people are making to put on their lanyards? Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of them. That I mean, some of them look ultra intricate. Dude, some of them things are like three, $400 just for a freaking bead. Jesus. And I'm like, really? I see that and I'm like, holy shit, what's the whole knife cost? You know what I mean? It's just for the bead. Right. But... Oh, I'm, I'm thinking about trying to figure out how I can, you know, laminate, layer up some different colors, different patterns of stuff, and make me little beads. I've got a lathe. Well, I take that back. I have access uh, to a lathe. That's something I do not have. I don't either. I have access to a lathe. So, um, okay. And I've even thought about, before I realized, my dad's got one. I didn't even know he had it. But um, before I realized he had it, I thought about trying to figure out some kind of way, you know, to get it all glued together, epoxied up, whatever, and then chuck it up in my drill press, you know, and then just use a file Ooh, from the sides smart. to shape it. But, you know. I mean, that, what more? I mean, isn't that pretty much the same act as lathing? I mean. Pretty much. I don't know if it would be more or less, you know, dangerous, but. Well, I've never used a lathe before in my life, ever. And. Um, okay. I've just always, they, they freak me out, dude. So you're taking something square, making it round. That's awesome. But when you stick that knife into it, I know you got a little rest, but, you know, you stick the little turning knife towards it. When that square corner comes around, it's knocking the hell out of that knife until you get it closer to, to circle. I've just always felt like right. that thing's going to snatch it right out of my hands and sling it down into my toes or something. But Right. So here's here's the fix to that. Whatever, Especially if you're working on these little itty-bitty beats, you take it to your broadback or whatever grinder you have, grind it to relative you know, severe, spherical shape and then chuck it up in there. And now, now you don't have that, those harsh corners coming at you. Yeah, that could definitely be done. I've got a cousin who actually is a wood turner and she lives okay about 45 minutes from me, but she makes like her big thing that she makes a lot of is ice cream scoop handles and meat turners. And okay. now she's doing like epoxy pours with cutting boards and charcuterie trays and all this Super fancy stuff, cool. but uh, I didn't ever even thought about that. So right now, I need to talk to her and uh, let her know what kind of market there is for these tiny little beads. I mean, she's like an expert wood right. turner. You know what I mean? She's her stuff's in retail stores all over the place. Damn, yeah. Or even if she's making those epoxy mixed charcuterie boards, you get the scraps from them. Hell, you know, if it's a big enough piece of scrap, that's that's a knife handle, and then you can make a little bead to the end of that. To you know, if you put a lanyard hole hole on that, then shit, you can put a little put a little you know string through there and add a matching bead to go with it. Dude, I've been trying to get her little cutoffs and scraps for two years, but she she's making, oh what the heck? Why is she holding out on you? She's making anything out of them. You know what I mean? Like I said, when she's doing bowls, okay. like she's using the cutoffs for ice cream handle scoop turner things but uh <laughs> she's already in the game of using those scraps oh yeah there's no scraps from her scraps 
Well, hell, since we're talking about it, there might be some uh, wood-turning enthusiasts and aficionados listening to this podcast. Go on and check her out. It's my cousin. Um, she's on Instagram at Ribbons and Burls, R-I-B-B-O-N-S dot and Burls. And uh, she makes all kind of wild, crazy, colorful crap. But uh, That's cool. It's pretty cool. But uh, we've been going for awesome. a little over an hour here. How you feel? You think we, we got a good show? Should we keep going? Should we call it a day before we screw <laughs> it? What do you think? Man, let's let's keep going. Let's. What else you got to talk about? Oh, hell I'm up. here. I'm I'm down to jab. All right. Well, cool. Um, let me think. What's going on in the world of J.K. Blades? I got uh, that Homone knife. Well, doing that to finish that. Doing that's going to be J.K. Blades and beads. Blades and beads. Yep. BBs. Blades and beads. So I'm hoping to get that Homone knife glued up probably Saturday night. It's probably honestly going to be the next time I've even got to work on it. So my parents decided uh, they're going to have a yard sale at their house Saturday. Okay. Uh, so you know what that means, right? Jason's got a lot of shit to do. You're roped into helping. Jason hasn't lived there in 25 years. Jason's got a lot of shit to do because mom and dad want to have a yard sale. But <laughs> I'm a good son, so that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. But well, not 25. Damn, I'm not that old. Let me say at least right at 20 years. Been gone since I was 17. But anyway, um, yeah, so I'm trying to help them get stuff pulled out and gather up tables and all that kind of crap. So it'll probably be Saturday night before I got a chance to, to get down into my shop and have any kind of time to work on knives. Uh, my wifey's birthday is coming up, so we're going to try to catch a trip out of town. Sometime between the 22nd and 28th, we're going to go hit a beach. Don't know where yet, but we're going to find some salt water somewhere. And um, I'd love to go down to Naples just to go spend a, four hours and help Brian House pack parts. You know what I mean? Just go down there and hang out. <laughs> I'd do it in dude. half a heartbeat, dude. But my wife, she ain't having that. <laughs> we're not going to drive eight hours so that I can spend – half a day hanging out in some warehouse while she's by herself. Uh, <coughs> dude, you're only eight hours away. I'm thinking about, you know, driving down there. I'm like a day and a half drive. Dude, I hate driving. Here, how about this? I'll start driving in that direction. I'll pick you up on the way and then we'll both go. Dude, if you're driving, I'm in. I hate driving. Like I got to drive <laughs> 10 minutes to get here. I freaking hate it. Like that's, when I was 16, obviously I was a 16-year-old boy. I wanted to drive anywhere. I'd go in the kitchen and eat 13 sandwiches because that's how much bread we had, and I wanted one more sandwich. I wanted an excuse to drive to the grocery store. Now, mm -hmm. damn, I will I will dig through my freezer for two hours looking for something that sounds good for dinner instead of driving <laughs> to the grocery store that would take 15 minutes to get there and back. But I don't know what it is. I can't stand driving. It's just so boring. You know what I mean? It's like you're just sitting there. You're not accomplishing anything. It's just boring as hell. You gotta And guess how I feel when I'm driving an hour in each direction to get to my shop right now. Well, so I mean, yes, I'm catching up on podcasts, but I normally catch up on that stuff when I'm working in the shop. Yeah. So some people don't I'm mind very driving. quickly running out of podcasts. Yeah, we got uh Chad Bolins coming up here. Sometime after Blade Show West, and he is in, he's right outside of Daytona, Florida. Um, and he, mm -hmm. he's got some family up in another part of Georgia. 
And he said he's going to come by and record the podcast live with us because he wants to bring the whiskey. I said, well, hell yeah, man, come on. I looked at it on the map where he, where he's going, you know, based on where he's at. We're like three and a half, four hours out of the way. And he's like, that's fine. I don't mind mm-hmm. driving. I go to uh, Texas four times a year, there and back just because. Dude, that, that, I ain't about that Man, life. some people are just me. like that. If Some people are just like that. If they love being behind the wheel, they don't mind that extra couple hours of driving. Yeah. That's, that's not how I'm built, though. Yeah, I'm not a traveler. I mean, I don't really care about sightseeing and, you know, all this kind of stuff. It, it does nothing for me. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd love to go meet some other makers and visit their shops and all that stuff, but. You know, until I get my own personal airplane, I'm, I'm not going too damn far. <laughs> no time soon with us knife makers, though. No, I bet if we all pitch in together, we could get a Cessna. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. For lucky. Yeah. So, um, let's go ahead and call it a day, B-Cone. Um, Sounds good to me, man. I'm this look- has been a good show. I appreciate yeah. you having me on again. Looking at my watch right now. Um. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you wear a watch? I do. That's awesome. It's weird. I get called out all the time for looking at my watch. And people are like, oh, my God, you still wear a watch? You don't have a phone? I'm like, yeah, but I got a watch, too. It's just, it's weird. If I ever forget to put my watch on, I feel crazy. Like, I got to go back home and get it. It don't feel right. When I was just getting into knife making, I made a knife and and traded for an Apple Watch. So I I always, especially with an Apple Watch, you're getting notifications on your wrist. So especially you're sitting there talking to someone, your wrist buzz and you, you know, reflexively look at your wrist. And now the person that you're talking to thinks, wow, this jackass is looking at his wrist. Am I talking too much? (laughs) Oh, it's. It's a uh, it's a problem. <laughs> I definitely did not have a smartwatch. That I've never had any kind of desire to want one of those. But I I am pretty fancy about my watch now. I do have my my G Shock. And oh, cool, cool. It's just that's a good one. It man, it's it's so convenient. You know, I don't have to reach into my pocket and like press right. a button. I just pull my arm up, and there's the time. But anyway, we're getting a little out of hand if we're talking about what kind of watches we wear on a podcast. So let's call it a day. <laughs> Everybody, we sure all do right, appreciate so y'all tuning in. Thank you all in. for watching. And uh, you, you want to do it? You want me to do it? Come on. No, you go ahead. You're, you're the expert here. <laughs> all right. This has been the Hustle and Grind Podcast. I am your host, Jason Hartwell from JK Blades with the – and I'm Old Faithful, Brian. Old Faithful <laughs> with the, the stand-in co-host. And, uh, hell, who knows? Might be back again next week. We'll have to see how Bubba's feeling. And, man, I appreciate you jumping Just in here with me. give me the word. Me. I'll be here. I know you will. I appreciate you jumping in when Bubba's not able. And we hope you feel better, Bubba. Get well soon and get your old, big old ass back up here where you belong. And uh, we'll <laughs> talk to everybody next week. Till then, keep on hustling and keep on grinding. Thank you. And keep grinding, guys. Come on, let's go. And don't forget to work for it. (laughs) You said it, not me. (laughs) 